Hey, this is Jessica from the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Um, so Hemant right now is, as far as I know, in the hospital with his wife, who is, she went into labor yesterday, haven't heard from him since, so hopefully everything's going great, sending good vibes. So today I am joined by... Hello, it's Anne Bellano, back by someone's demand. My demand, my personal demand. Uh, So uh, if you recognize Anne, she was on our show three months ago-ish. It was on International Women's Day when we recorded, so March-ish. Yeah. Um, and so she's into guest host. And I'm yes, really I am. I'm stoked about I'm it. I'm excited. I think yeah. it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be super fun. This was also a really controversial episode because some people complained that we sounded too girly. And I super yeah. lost my mind. And <laughs> yeah, you did. I didn't handle I don't know why. It was just, it really stuck in my craw. I don't know. It, it just sucked. Well, yeah, because it's just like, I don't like hearing women's voices in public. Yeah, that so. was really kind of what it came down to. Yeah. Not like we said anything stupid. Just like, yeah. they sound a way I don't like. Yeah, well... To anyway. that listener, uh, goodbye. Yeah. I'm you assuming you've already never. paused. Um, so so we're here in Anne's apartment in Chicago. I've got wine back and has gin. <laughs> yes, I do. I haven't yeah. been drinking. I'm drinking wine during the recording for some reason. Well, because we've been recording earlier than usual. Oh, yeah. Although we, it's 3 o'clock. Oh, well, it's almost 4 o'clock now. Yeah. This is what time I record with Hemant. And with, with Hemant, it feels too early to drink. With you, it's a Friday. Yeah, it's fine. We're celebrating. It took me 40 minutes to get this set up. Yeah, it did take a little I while. I was sweating really hard. So anyway, um, so if you like what you're listening to, not sure why, uh, you can go to um, <laughs> patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Um, thank you so much to everybody who donates. It means so much to us. Um, we are about halfway, oh, like two thirds to our goal. Have you heard our goal for Patreon? I don't think I have. Um, once we hit a certain threshold, I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make Hemant watch Star Wars with me because he's never seen it any of them i can't even with him like it's it's just a lot for me to deal with so but i also don't like the star wars movies so what we're making happening i don't <laughs> so we're making my husband one watch surprise us? after the next i mean the original one come on it's the writing all right i think we better back off okay because <laughs> i'm not like a crazy super fan but yeah. like i have to defend i just i mean i respect what it did for the culture and I respect it a it lot about it. Fisher. It did bring oh, bless her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the writing is a pure garbage. Oh my <laughs> like, God. like George Lucas is a I'm universe so builder. That people are gonna find out where you. Live oh, they now. know. They. I, I've <laughs> talked about this a lot because I was like, oh, let's watch Star Wars, and I was like, wait, I don't like this movie. Then. Okay, listen. <laughs> so, so Roger. we're all set up. And um, so Anna is going to sit in and we're going to do same as usual. I actually did research today. You're welcome, universe. Um, and let's get going. I'm going to have to write down timestamps. This is going to be a really stressful episode for me. Yeah, Jessica is very stressed out. I'm <laughs> relaxed. I'm like my upper lip is sweaty. Okay, so. It's also 80 degrees out. So yeah, that's, that's fine. Part of it. No AC in here because mm. sound quality. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also. That we're, I'm drinking 14 Hands Cab, and I was trying They're so... They're sponsor this week. Oh, I wish. 14 Hands, get at me. <laughs> I really was trying hard to find, like, a punny wine name. Yeah. Like, because last time I was here, I brought Muckraker. Oh, we were talking. yeah, that was good. So I tried really hard, and I couldn't find anything, so I just bought my favorite wine. So well, good. <laughs> so I figured that well, was... Well, Jessica likes horses, if I anybody's do, missed out I on do that. like horses, okay. and also this is a good wine, so it's two go. things to be true. Okay, cool. Um, so getting started. First topic so actually one of the reasons i uh, really was excited that ann was going to be on this week is that there is 
Ann and I both share a love of true crime. Yeah, we do. So last time we hung out, um, we uh, definitely watched that Jonestown documentary, which was horrifying. (laughs) Um, It was the first time I've seen it. Um, So recently, um, a study came (laughs) I have issues. So recently, a study came out that um, there was a new report that was in the uh, Journal of Nature, Nature Human Behavior, which seems like a typo on my end natural human behavior doesn't matter um so it included more than 3,000 people in 13 countries and essentially it was trying to find biases regarding a person who committed mass murder and whether or not we assume they are an atheist or not okay so so what i think okay so this is what the questionnaire was so um so the questionnaire began with a description of a sociopath, a man who, having tortured animals when young, later began hurting people and, quote, has killed five homeless people that he abducted from poor neighborhoods in his home city. Oh, God. So this is, like, he's got a, a rich backstory <laughs> for this particular survey. Their dismembered bodies are currently buried in his basement. So a little John Wayne Gacy there. Sure. Um, so a question followed. Half of, and so, again, this is 3,000 people in 13 countries. So this is by no means like an American-centric uh, quiz. Um, so half of the people got this question, which is more probable. One, the man is a teacher. Or two, the man is a teacher and does not believe in any gods. The other half got one, the man is a teacher. Two, the man is a teacher and a religious believer. So I don't know a ton about these kinds of mm-hmm. um, surveys, but I find that method of questioning very odd do you uh no i think that you're trying to elicit a pretty specific response yeah um it's i guess i I would say that borders on like a push pull like where you're trying to push for a specific because it just i i don't know and i'm sure you know they know better than i do but i i would imagine it would be do you think it's more likely that this man is religious believer versus this man believes in yeah, no the gods? teacher thing yeah. is strange but i'm not a pollster i don't know yeah how, i, I clearly a, a lot of times i'll read polls and be like what a weird question yeah like, and they it's their whole jam so they know what they're doing yeah. um so so what's interesting about this particular survey is that um about 60% of the people who had the option to flag the teacher as an atheist did so. So of the half of the people okay. who got the atheist question. So 30% of the people who had the option to flag the teacher, excuse me, to, to flag the teacher as a religious believer did so. So what is very interesting about this is self-identified non-believers were less biased than the average, but not by much. So what this... So even so atheists even, thought... This guy's probably an atheist. Pro- really? Mm-hmm, which I think is really interesting. And I I almost, I tried How to. weird. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Um, and I almost went down, or I tried to go down a really deep rabbit hole of religiosity really? in, in serial killers, um, which is, it's really hard to find data on it. But like anecdotally, I feel like. BTK a, immediately pops to mind. BTK. John Wayne Gacy, I believe, was involved with his, with his church. So like, I feel like an, anecdotally, you hear, hear a lot of people who. And this is where it gets tricky, right? Because, yes, they can say they were involved. So BTK Killer was, did he, he worked for his church, right? Because that's yeah, eventually he how he got busted. Because he, like, <laughs> he, it's like, sent horrible. them a, a, a drive, not a drive, it, was, it would have been a disc then. And was, like, he asked Trackable, the pol- <laughs> yeah, right, to his church. He's like, if I give you a disc, can you track where it came from? And they're like, no. No, of course oh. not. Why would you think that? Um, and guess what? Super good. Yeah. Oh, God. He, he was the out. pits. Terrible. BTK, by the way, you cannot nickname yourself. Oh, my God. 
You that cannot nickname a yourself. Little How dare you? Yeah. And that and he gave torture them, kill for people who don't and know. And he gave them options and one of them. <laughs> Did <you> really? Okay. <laughs> I, I cannot recommend. So last podcast and the last d- left did a three part podcast um, series on him. And it's. Not everybody, that podcast, not everybody's cup of tea. It has a little shock jock vibe to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But they get really in deep. And their hatred for this guy, not because he was a murderer. Like, obviously, that's a given. Right. But he was just fucking lame. Like, <laughs> he just sucked. One of his suggestions was the Phantom Garot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So, uh, but, but anyway, so no. the point is, and, and further, a lot of people would... Um, would claim Christianity once they went to prison. So Ted Bundy is right. an, an example oh, of yeah. he. I can't think of he who was it. saved. Yeah, like, all that okay. fun stuff. Sure. So, but I mean, that's all kind of anecdotal. I couldn't find anything credible to like link people to their you know between Christianity and and mass murder or um or serial murder. Right. So, but anyway, I think it's interesting that atheists would assume somebody that's who that's the kills. most interesting thing for me yeah yeah so what do you because right like christians identifying that way or really any religious person i mean atheists being evil godless sinners yes. is true I, yeah that, <laughs> <laughs> first and foremost accurate yeah um mm-hmm. but right that makes sense to me but atheists identifying that that's that's strange to me yeah um and so when i was trying to dig up what um and because of the two people who are hosting this podcast, I'm going to guarantee you this is going to get into some feminist <laughs> rant territory. So just like guys who emailed me that it, I'm, I need to lay off white guys. This is not going to oh be. My, right. Oh my. I'm so sorry. have opinions about me. Um, I know. I follow you on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I've seen it. I tried to, so I tried to dig up, um, and I went into mass shootings instead of serial killers. Cause there's just more of them to draw from. There's sure. more studies about them. And so I couldn't find anything that connected religiosity or, or fanaticism or anything like that to religion, hmm. nor did race. It seems that in, among mass shooters, um, the race tends to mirror the race of the population. Um, right. But guess what is one trend? Among, so of 133 mass shooters, this is a Washington Post article called The Math of Mass Shootings. Out of 133 mass shooters, and I believe this is since Columbine, so in 1996, I think. 98, I think. 98. Um, 133 mass shooters. 130 of them were... White guys. Uh, no, just oh, ma- male. See, now everybody can attack me on Twitter. Yeah. Give me your handle. No. <laughs> I'll do that at the end. So then you'll have to listen all the way through. Oh, yeah. So you can be mad at Anne. me. Yeah. <laughs> Never gotten threatened. No, no. I think it's generally a friendly audience. Yes. 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 Um, but 130 out of 133 were men. Right. And so when we're looking for trends in people who murder, that's the only in like that's the only consistent I know, indicator. And yeah. I just think it's really because don't you feel like if it was women were a trend of doing xyz people would be like what's going on like why are women doing this yes because women generally tend to be less violent physically yeah and emotionally (laughs) let's get into that but i just think that's an interesting thing that like how come nobody's ever shown a light on that and said like what's going on in our culture and i I, know i think that's really important but it's it's a conversation we don't have very frequently right like no it's not and especially uh with young men, with with Columbine, a lot of people took inspiration from that. You know, the trouble people have you. tattoos it's, it's, of the Columbine. Like, I mean, you're gonna find that kind of population yeah. with anything. But yeah. um, 
No, I think it is something that should be looked at. And it's part of our entire society's ills, which is that we do celebrate kind of conformity mm-hmm. and traditional male roles mm-hmm. um, without addressing the problems with that and how if somebody feels left out of that society but is still being told you deserve that you deserve more so you're kind of saying like mm-hmm. there's going to be resentment I, well, so you're I, saying yeah. kind of male entitlement that they yeah. see this like i i'm this person in this station i should have the girlfriend i should have the attention like there's right. so many men who the, oh fuck what's his name elliot rogers i think his name oh, is oh god yeah, yeah right he the santa barbara guy yeah he w- really like went on these rants of that like women owed him this he didn't Absolutely get attention did. from women and oh my god i don't know if you've ever seen any of his his beauty. videos oh, he's like in his car fuck. feeling sorry for himself yeah. there's like a gorgeous beach in the background like, yeah Go outside. and he's like look how good looking i am and i'm a perfect gentleman and blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. and still you like, women nice won't guy. get yeah oh my god like yeah. the more you yell that you're a nice guy the less i'm gonna believe you <laughs> yeah, right yeah. um and so when you look at this male entitlement and this is obviously the most extreme. I'm not saying that like no, of course not. Like dude bros on the internet like are Ugh. all all gonna do this. But I just think it's an interesting pattern that when you have 50 percent of the population is male and they commit, I'm gonna round it and say 99 percent of the mass shootings since yeah. the 90s. Like how come nobody's like, hey, hey guys, what's up? I think it's because people don't want to address that for a large swath of the male population, patriarchy also is a disservice to them. Yes. I think you're completely right. Right. Like what about a world in which a young guy felt free to be a little different? Well, yeah. And I think that would be great for that guy and all the young girls around him and just everybody. Yeah. And and staying on our serial killer, um, sort of bend, um, John Wayne Gacy, who is a Chicago serial killer that, he murdered, I think, 19 or 27, maybe. I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, young <laughs> young boys, teenagers, and buried them in his basement, his crawl space. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, when you go back and look at his life, as a young boy, he was felt closer to his mother. He was yeah, a, had more, quote-unquote, feminine in, uh, interests. He wanted to cook. He didn't want to do this. And his dad would beat the shit out of him because he wasn't conforming to this. To the, so when we talk about uh, to- toxic masculinity, to me, that's, like, the perfect example of it, of, like, this kid wasn't aligning himself with this rigid... These gender roles. These gender roles, and was his dad flipped out so hard, beat the shit out of him and ruined his brain. Like he, yeah, it's terrible. Like he, I think he would like, had things been equal. I think he identified as, I think he was attracted to men, whether he's attracted to women too. I don't know, but he found that part of him so hateful Mm -hmm. because of this message that he got from his dad that it like broke him. It turned him into a literal monster. Yep. Oh, and he dressed well, up as and a there's clown. Also, oh, yeah. the clown. The clown. There's also, of course, with serial killers and violent offenders in general, um, kind of a genetic component that, like, okay, all sociopaths and psychopaths are not killers. Right. But a large portion of violent offenders in prison are sociopaths mm-hmm. and psychopaths. So it is that difference between, could John Wayne Gacy have been just, like, kind of emotionless or fucked up mm-hmm. but not killed people if his childhood had been different maybe yeah but i mean that's what nature was nurture that's like right and <laughs> it's a combination i think mm-hmm. yeah totally. oh for sure and i think i i want to have you ever read the psychopath test 
Uh, no, I, I have not. I want to read, read a sociopath next door. Oh, which, did you? Was it? Yeah, terrifying? it's good anecdotes, but it's like not very well written. Uh, oh, ooh, unblessed. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, if a book takes me three hours to read because I'm mostly skimming it, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, the psychopath. Try to be honest. With no, I appreciate the it. The here. listeners appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I, I I haven't read uh, the psychopath test, but the author of it, whose name escapes me right now, went on NPR and like gave the psychopath test to like all of a bunch of the staff members, and it was really funny to listen to. Like my favorite part is they would go and he asked very like, "What's the worst thing you've ever done?" What's it? like really pressing questions, and and everybody was worried that they're going to be a psychopath, and right. he was like, "Hey, if you cried in the room with me, that means you're probably not a sociopath or a I psychopath." Am, because I really liked seeing you cry. <laughs> Is that the guy who researched psychopaths and realized he was one? Because that's a thing. There's like a TED talk by this guy. Who again, though, he was raised like nicely in a loving home. And so he's just like, oh, I wound up a brain researcher. But yeah, I'm I'm a psychopath. Like I'm I'm really callous. I don't understand emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's the difference between like, that guy's such an asshole. And like, I feel scared around him. That's very different. Right. And very different vibe. Not feeling empathy is one thing like if you don't feel because that's kind of the hallmark of, of sociopathy or uh, right so, and oh my god i never understand the difference between psychopath so and sociopath. psychopathy is when you are born with it and sociopathy is when it's uh built in and oh. there's there's uh, a genetic component to that as well but it's really more formed by your surroundings oh, that well. makes sense because yeah. a lot they say a lot of psychopaths are like ceos and things like that because they have the Same ability thing. to yeah. to sort of like not worry about the people that yeah, they're hurting. Absolutely. Same with sociopaths. I think that generally it's like when it reaches adulthood, mm-hmm. it's just psychologically, scientifically to look at the backgrounds. One is a psychopath, one is gotcha. a sociopath, but behaviors align in adulthood. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But, but, but and I, all that's to say like, so if you're born a psychopath, but you're raised with a stable found a family foundation right you're not going to necessarily turn right but even if you don't feel empathy you understand empathy like you understand you're not supposed like i don't want to make you feel bad not because it affects me in any way but i have been taught that like if if i make Anne cry that's probably bad as opposed to well and it's not bad for her it's that it's bad to me because then people will start to socially isolate me oh so actually there have been some great studies there's this great piece in the atlantic about child psychopaths Mm. and the way to keep the recidivism rate low was actually to flip the script and not say like this is really bad you need to feel for your victims it's more like a reward system Uh to say if you do this you're gonna be in jail again oh so that's all they understand is what happens for me yeah oh that's interesting yeah which it's dark but it's also like that's fine if we can keep people from killing people that's way better whatever works yeah you can be a dick that's fine yeah um do you want to do one of yours sure Okay, so this is timely considering our uh, impending. Oh yeah, I should destruction. Time- <laughs> I should okay. time 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 stamp this. Um, yeah, so it is four o'clock Friday, August eleventh, twenty seventeen. I literally do that because because one of the first times we started doing this format of yeah. like talking about current events was right after Trump. It was like we did Trump's first week in office, and literally between and it's a fifteen minute drive from Hemmings to mine where we usually record. And by the time I got home, it was when the um, travel ban had put. Pl- oh my like, god! Literally, yeah, that's the thing. We this missed it by thirty yeah. minutes. Yeah. Anyway, so continue. Right. This this won't be out of date by tomorrow, but we might all be in our basements tomorrow. Like I don't know. Um, you don't have a basement. You live on a second floor. I have a basement. Do you? Yeah. Are you allowed in anyway. it? Yes. 
Is it just somebody's somebody's really, apartment? You're no, like, this no, is no, my, no, no. This is a, my bomb shelter, sir. It's a really creepy, like, murder basement. Oh, yeah, because when yeah. I was here last, my dog kept trying <laughs> to go terrible. down there, and I was like, Daddy, you're going to get me It's killed. very scary. Okay, so this I one is an evangelical advisor has said, God has given Trump the authority to take out Kim Jong-un. Have you? No, I didn't, but I saw okay. it. Robert Jeffress. He's a favorite evangelical <laughs> pastor. He is on Trump's uh, religion, like advisory board. Sure. Which is like, yeah, he's super religious, obviously. Like, <sighs> but, uh, anyway. I, and I talk about this all the time, but like the fact that Christians think that Trump is Christian, like I know nothing about religion, but like I, I identify the things he says are, yes, are not. The, so I think just quick sidebar. I think I find really interesting is um even if you're an atheist now if you grew up with religion you use words and phrases differently so like i have seen a lot of ex-christians and they still like i don't believe in the lord or like they still use specific phrasing that i would never use god i mm. wish i could ha- i could bring well i mean right i does that make sense i, I mean i say well, oh you my were god and jesus christ a lot which i feel like is like one of the few things left over from my catholic childhood which is just like <laughs> this is my small rebellion and also the really random bouts of guilt that i feel I'm like what is that <laughs> what's happening i'm just like on the couch like why am i feeling guilty and i'm like oh, catholicism got oh, it okay we you. can move on okay um, so anyway so, so robert jeffries two corinthians evangelical oh i could never name anything like that no um because I was Catholic and it's just like, this is what you do. You just mm-hmm. like go to school and church. So he uh, is the evangelical pastor, has a mega church in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Oh, in July, his church choir sang their Make America Great Again song. Get the which, fuck when out I was, of that's here. That's him. That's him. So, and Trump tweeted it out on July 4th, of course. And Trump was in attendance for when they sang this. He also previously said oh, Obama gross. paved the way for the Antichrist. Sure. which. <laughs> Like, he might have been right, because here we are. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he thought. That wasn't on purpose. Trump was placed in the presidency by God. Sure. Here is a quote. Okay. When it comes to how we should deal with evildoers, the mm-hmm. Bible and the Book of Romans is very clear. Do you know God about has... the Book of Romans off the top of your head? Who wrote it? No. <laughs> Do you know anything about the Book of Romans off the top of your head? No. Okay, I don't either. Go ahead. God has endowed rulers full of power to use whatever means necessary, Uh-oh. including war, Uh-oh. to stop evil. In the case of North Korea, God has given Trump authority to take out Kim Jong-un. Cool. A Christian, this is again a cool, quote. Cool, 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 cool. Quote, a Christian writer asked me, don't you want the president to embody the Sermon on the Mount? Mm. He said. I said, absolutely not. Which one's the Sermon on the Mount? It's. I'm so sorry. I did is not. It, no, it's fine. I did not come to destroy, but fulfill. Oh. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Oh, Don't yeah. Don't you want somebody who... Wasn't that kind of a big deal in Jesus' yeah. life? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big one. So, but not um, so much that and more, um, what's the last one? Revelations? Revelations? Oh, yeah. Is yeah. that the one with all the monsters? Yeah. God, man, my Bible knowledge is not <laughs> Well, great. I'm here to help you out. Um, Jeffress has compared Trump to the biblical story of Nehemiah. He helped rebuild the city of Jerusalem, starting with what? What? Building a wall around Jerusalem. Oh, no. Quote, you see, God is not against building walls. Wow. So. I hope he stretched before that reach. (laughs) I mean, honestly. So he says war with North Korea is fine because I guess also killing 
potentially millions of mm-hmm. uh, South Koreans, North Koreans yeah. would be fine. Sure. Well, and God, Trump has been God, given though. this power. God, though. So I don't know how but you're going to. I mean, wow. Well, it's it's this callousness that I'm always shocked at uh, in regard to Christians. It, it really is a thing that that I've been doing this podcast for three mm-hmm. years. I wrote for the Friendly Atheist before that for I don't know. I've been doing it for like five and a half years. Yeah. And so I've spent a lot of time reading into these kinds of stories. And really, that is always the thing that comes back to for me is this callousness of whether it's war, whether it's guns or whether it's Mm -hmm. whatever. It's just this sort of idea of, well, it's the collateral damage or it's the sacrifice that people are making. And I just find it like icky and scary yeah actually that will lead into a, a story another story yeah. i have that uh we can talk about later um about that callousness but, and where some of that comes from oh really yeah oh is that oh yeah okay yeah, i know what we're gonna talk about yeah. so but just to kind of wrap this up and here's what I, I find interesting is when they talk about like god appointed trump right and i don't i guess i don't understand why it's only like when my guy wins that's god's will right because in general it the belief is that god endows people with power and that they are led by the lord right but but why is that only why right the why guy? did that apply last year right and like okay obama won two elections right but he's the antichrist but he's the antichrist but Trump, and and further Obama is a Christian. Like he proclaims Christianity. Yeah. I don't like he goes to church. He, right. So I, it, it just, it's so transparent. Okay. I think this is what it comes down to. I am getting so excited. I almost shook my <laughs> headphones off. The, it's so transparent how Trump is just pretending to be Christian to, you know what I mean? Like absolutely. Well, he's pretending so, to be a lot of things. Yeah. And I think that the draw for evangelicals is that sure he may be a godless buffoon, but he's their godless buffoon, and he they have his ear. So he yeah. flip flops on everything. I mean, day to day, mm-hmm. it's completely different. He it's has lunacy. He has no ideology, no. and so everybody has no, crowded I think that's around a him. Really good way to put it. He has no like. He does not. He has have no have internal a, a moral compass. No. At all. And he doesn't really have any core beliefs. No. Except to benefit himself. I, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. It's like, if I'm in power, things are good. Right. So everybody has scrambled to surround him to say, I have the ear of the president. And everybody, I find it so funny now in retrospect, especially to be like, oh my God, who's going to get to him first? Is it Jeff Sessions? Well, like kind of, yes, but yeah. now he's on the outs. Mitch McConnell, same thing, kind of on the outs. Uh-huh. Paul Ryan, it happened to him too. Steve Bannon has been in and out. His main accomplishment right now is just hanging on. Yeah. Like nobody really now it has seems to be control Kushner, over him. Kind of... Oh yeah, he's he's always been in. Yeah. But evangelicals, these ministers are consistently there because like he's not going to kick them out. They don't have White House offices, but like yeah. sure, he'll keep up yeah because they bring in a lot of votes yeah 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 and I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in the next few elections because <laughs> yeah. because at least you can so like Mitt Romney right was um I, I mean I did not vote for him I disagree with a lot of his policies but I don't think he was a monster no, he looks like a, a statesman now. Yeah. You know, I've... Which you, he actually wait, always did project that. And kind of you know I've met Mitten and Romney, right? What? Do you not know this story? I don't think so. Okay. The, the shorthand of it, it it's 
It's a really involved. Okay, so ba- you know, I lived in Montana for a couple of years. Right. I was thinking it had to be during that time. <laughs> of course, it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, and so when I was working on the ranch there, I had met uh, a friend who was running the kitchen of this really wealthy guy in the beef world, mm-hmm. um, who was Mormon. And so this guy needed help in the kitchen, and I was living in nowhere, Montana, so I didn't have a ton to do. Right. So I ended up working this in this gorgeous like the most beautiful kitchen i've ever seen in my it was like his private kitchen but it was like the size of a commercial kitchen it was gorgeous oh so beautiful great um and every so i worked two events i worked his fourth of july thing with his family which spoiler alert a mormon family is fucking gigantic oh yeah (laughs) so so many people and i and i bartended for them and i went through half a bottle of wine among maybe 70 people and were those people like standing aside as like the confused spouses of yes. like how did I marry into this? That would be correct. <laughs> but I mean, it was a beautiful. Like they were so kind to me. Um, and then he had a second thing that was like it might have been his Fourth of July celebration or something. But Mitt Romney and this so this would have been two thousand eight, right? It was oh, so it was like the summer of two thousand. It was like early summer two thousand eight. So Mitt Romney was like still in the running, but he was not the the, the nominee mm-hmm. yet. And so they had this event that was, it must have been a fundraiser for, for Mitt. Um, and so they had all of these people, again, largely Mormon. But, like, I remember so specifically this one woman, like, came over to the bar. She's like, because I was just pouring, like, sparkling Cranberry water for everybody. Juice, <laughs> exactly. And she was like, drink. do you have wine back there? I was like, I do. Do you want it? She's like, yes. <laughs> do you um, have any... Yeah, like not see-through cups oh, that I could use. No, they. I put I put away this like tray of crystal of like just stemware and not thinking. You know, I carried like eight of them on a glass, oh and God. I realized it was five thousand dollars worth of crystal on the tray, <laughs> and I was just like, beer pop, boop, boop. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, um, so Mitt Romney was there. I spoke with him briefly. He was very kind, very polite. Um, Anne was wearing a Fourth of July, not for uh, American flag, windbreaker bless her heart it they could not have been nicer and at one point they had a not john they had patsy klein and an elvis impersonator really mm-hmm. and we were it, like the staff we were all done it sounds like a weirdly fun party actually yeah, honestly it was super fun everybody was very kind yeah. everybody was white like <laughs> that, that's a good thing that was no just, but just like it, an observation an observation about it um they have this huge outdoor like it, it was it's a beautiful very tasteful Hold, like they weren't like gauche i guess right um but anyway at the elvis guy was singing and myself and the chef his like head chef his personal chef and i were swing dancing and i guess like later and romney went up to the chef and was like How, you and you know you two should have given me and mint dance lessons oh and i was like God. i'm here just like <laughs> i would yes come come yes give me my money. anyway i also sang a duet with um 1985's miss america so what is this i know it was just this, this weird is great thing. this is such an anecdote also i forgot to timestamp <laughs> the last thing sorry guys we'll look back about we'll f- i'll figure it out um i was bartending and big quotes around that and i was talking to the guy who owned the place whose his name was john i can't remember his last name right now um and he has this room full of guitars. And I was like, oh, are you a musician? He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh. And at that time, I was singing uh, at a bar on Sunday nights with my friend. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I do this. You should come down to so the... So many talents. Oh, you my really God. You really do. Yeah, yeah, and it's gotten me so far in my career. <laughs> I cannot tell you. My resume <laughs> is like, met Mitt Romney once. Kind of a good dancer. <laughs> sang in a bar. 
made $12 in tips on average, but got two free Coors Lights. So horses. <laughs> just horse, a bullet horses, point just says period. horses. Um, but I was like, oh, like I'll do this or whatever. And so an hour later, I was in the kitchen and I, w- I was eating cookies that I wasn't supposed to be eating. And oh, so he's like, Jess, John wants you. And I was like, like my mouth is full. I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. This is it. <laughs> because i made a millionaire's cookies <laughs> and so i go and he like brings me over to this piano and this beautiful blonde woman is sitting at the piano and like playing she's like i hear you sing and i was like oh my god uh-huh. she was like what do you know i was like i don't know and we ended up singing boogie woogie bugle boy and it was really <laughs> great and fun and i took top harmony and actually didn't sound like an asshole nice job right that's a great thing Why i can love I that translate that into a career i don't know um, the world is a deeply unfair place can i just have a career in anecdotes <laughs> yes i think so <laughs> okay I think so. hey what were we talking about Remember, uh, remember when we were doing a podcast about atheism? That was uh, the North Korea. North Korea. Oh, sure. Somehow the obvious transition of North Korea. Sure. Oh, okay. So what I was saying was uh, Mitt Romney. Yeah. Talking about religiosity and things like that. So Mitt Romney, I don't agree, necessarily agree with politics. I don't believe Even in his Even though he faith. brought healthcare to Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. To Massachusetts, for sure. You mean tax on Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but I don't. I don't think he would have been a terrible president. I don't think he's like a monster. I don't think he's a sociopath. I don't think he's a power hungry, like, like monster. And, and I think that's a big difference here is, and this is not like a hot take, but my problem with Trump isn't that our policies don't align. It's that I have no idea what he believes in. So it seems to me like, well, it changes every day. Right. And it's almost like osmosis, like whatever's closest to him is what he believes in that particular moment. So if he's making a, um, a, uh, a speech at Liberty University, then it's going to be yep, Christianity all day. Evangelicals. If it's immigration, it's Stephen Miller. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's it. Uh, it's so scary and alarming. And the worst part is like that people are still and and his approvals are down. Yeah, right? but he's his at like thirty core something base percent. Is, is sticking with him. Yeah, and it just it seems like this group of people is so not persuaded by facts not at all right so they so trump says i'm the most accomplished president whatever 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 and like all of us are like you haven't pushed any major legislation through no you've not you're not staffed up like there's no ambassador in south korea or something that's correct is that right okay. yep um so objective i guess that's my thing is like when we look at objective issues he's clearly not doing a good job but like just him saying, no, 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 I'm doing a great job. People are like, oh, yeah, he's super doing a great well, job. Well, he's altering our reality, which is a trademark of authoritarian authoritarian it, rule. Doesn't it feel super authoritarian? Like It, it absolutely is. It's it's so alarming. Oh, I, I tweeted this out, I think, yesterday or two days ago. Um, I got, I don't know why I'm on their mailing list, but I got a um, an email about, like, taking a survey for the GOP. <laughs> Did you see this oh, tweet? Oh, I did see this. Yeah, I took that poll did a you? couple weeks I ago or taking, months ago, actually. I started Let's taking go. it, and then it just became like, I don't even know how to answer these because they're crazy leading questions. Yeah. So the two I took a screen grab of, because and it was questions two and three. Like, yeah. I, I didn't, like, go down right and find the, the weird bat. shit. So the two I have, and I tweeted this out the other day, do you believe obstructionist liberals in Congress are purposely trying to sabotage the president's agenda? And... Right. Talk about, yeah, a leading question. It's leading, but it's also like, 
I do believe they're trying to sabotage it because it's bad policies. Right. But they're also not having to do too much obstruction. No. No, 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 no. The Republican Party has torn itself apart. Right. Oh, it's such a mess. And then the the number three was, do you trust the capital fake, capital news, capital media to accurately report on President President Trump's accomplishments? Like, what? You can't answer that because fake news media is... What? Wait, and that is, and that's not, that's not a tweet from the president. The that's media, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not something like somebody said in Fox News. That is a GOP sanctioned question. Yes. So if we're going to talk about like what's going on with politics, the, I'm sorry, the fake news media calling all news, the fake news media is so dangerous. It's so yes, dangerous. Well, he's attacking this, the press. It's, it's a trademark first signature move by authoritarian leaders. Right. Like this is very real. This is an authoritarian regime. Mm-hmm. And most people in the States, we grew up thinking this couldn't happen. Right. And so we don't generally have the vocabulary for it. And using that's, the word like authoritarian is, is very scary, mm-hmm. but that's the reality. Yeah. And it's, I, I've been rewatching game of Thrones, which I've been talking about on the podcast because <laughs> I'm unemployed. So all I do is watch game of Thrones and apply for jobs and cry quietly. on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> Anne's really mad because I didn't catch up by today. I I wanted to talk about it. (laughs) I promised her I would, but I slept (laughs) in instead. Um, But watching it and watching the whole King Joffrey deal, it's because the thing is, it's not even like, oh, I see the shit. It's literally the same thing. He says things like, I'm the king, so I get what I want. And what does Tywin say next? I don't know. If anybody, you don't have to say, I'm the king if you're a true king. Oh, yeah. Take that, Tywin. Yeah. Joffrey. Motherfucker, I can't keep him straight. So many. That's white- his dad. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Tyrion's dad. Tyrion's dad. Tyrion's Cersei's dad. And Joffrey's grandfather. Yeah. See, I pay attention. Yeah. I kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Um. But but anyway, this because that is such a almost cartoonish portrayal of a child king who right and is here we are going back is a sociopath mm-hmm. is like takes joy in other people's physical and emotional pain. Yes. And I feel like I see the same beats in a Trump where it's like he literally like the fact that he and we've covered the trans issue, I think, last week. But the fact that he literally just tweeted out a proclamation. Yes. And with uh, and thought that that was and thought that was how it worked. Yeah. You're like, you can't just say it. You have to put this through the proper channels. It's which they have yet to do. I mean, they're not going to. Like the, uh, I, they might get around think? to it eventually. He just answered a question yesterday saying that he did a favor to the military by doing that. What does that fucking mean? Just whatever. Almost Ugh. nothing. It's <laughs> like that's a thing. That's because thing. he can't be accused of taking a vacation because he railed against Obama oh for it. So God, now this is a working vacation. vacation. Which during his vacation, I swear, on last Friday, I was like, you know what? I know it's not a real escape from reality, but I, I, I'm glad that, yeah, you know, he'll tweet, but he's on vacation. Like he can't cause that much, much <laughs> destruction. And he's oh, brought us sweet on vacation <laughs> to oh, nuclear Anne. war. I'm like, oh, what's the worst thing I've ever sucks. done on vacation? Like get drunk and get a sunburn. Like what's <laughs> <laughs> fall asleep on the beach and wake up you, hours later filled with regret. You. Yeah. Right. Like, I have never oh started God. a war. Spring break. I did yeah. a beer bong. <laughs> right. What? Um, God, what a nightmare person. It is. Yeah, it yeah. really the whole thing is. It's, it feels like we've and you, gone through the looking glass. Do you feel do you feel like your threshold for outrage has lowered 
or risen, I guess? Um, like, does it take you more or less to get worked up about a thing? Well, right. Sometimes he'll tweet something, and I'll just be like, ugh, you you idiot. And I'm like, this is actually a crazy or like, thing. like, when you see the yeah. fire and fury thing. Oh, that scared me. Yeah, that's... Yeah, So that his me. tweet... Do you know the tweet off the top of your head? Do you memorize his tweets? Oh, well, he said it in a statement when he was supposed to be speaking about the opioid crisis and did not postpone this meeting with the press. Um, and he said that if they best not continue threatening us or they will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen about that. And there was a great article that put together all of these clips of him saying, like the world has never seen, like the world has never seen, like has never been seen before. So he basically brought us into a nuclear war by engaging in his penchant for hyperbole because it's just how he is. Yeah. Well, and he always speaks in superlatives, right? It's oh, never, very, I did very it. good. It's oh, the word "very" has been ruined. Which, it's, oh my god, ugh, it's the worst. <laughs> the the okay. real tragedy. All right, moving on. Yeah, are you done with your thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, we haven't talked about my thing in a long time. <laughs> no, we talked about the Korea thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this just I just saw this today. Uh, so Rockford, Illinois. So right around hey. the corner from us. I would maybe pump the brakes before you hear what the story is. <laughs> That seems fair. Um, so a uh, a server in Rockford, Illinois, got stiffed on a $60 tab at a Buffalo Wild Wings nice. because she had an LGBTQ, to, uh, LGBTQ tattoo. She had, like, the equal sign with rainbow okay. on it. It was actually kind of a dope-looking tattoo. <laughs> so she was waiting on a couple and their young children. She said two under 10, two kids under 10. Um, and she... Uh, you know waited on them she said she gave perfectly good service they were perfectly polite um and then she gets back they ran up a 60 dollars tab and they didn't tip her and left a quote on the receipt saying quote can't tip someone who doesn't love jesus exclamation oh point bad tattoo and tattoo is spelled <laughs> t-a-t-o-o i wrote sick there because i'm passive aggressive when i edit um so this young woman she's 20 and here's the fun part. Are you ready for the fun twist? Yes, I She's am. She's open, openly gay and a Christian. Ah, uh, there you go. So they sort of swung and missed on that one. So, um... Jesus. Je- so Jesus. <laughs> Jesus it's a, Christ. I just find that befuddling. And, and again, this is another one of those things that, like, aren't Christians all about being nice to Tolerance, people? Like, isn't that they don't sort want of... To. It, it just, like... How, 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 I guess. Exclusion. It's just, that's, uh, that's so terrible. And also like, like leaving a little letter to be like, not even like come to Jesus, but like you clearly don't believe in Jesus. Yeah. So screw you. And now you don't deserve a tip. Yeah. And I will say I've, I waited tables throughout college and a few years after I've gotten two written notes from people that were negative and like those are the worst kind who, of people who is wasting time doing this i can't i mean somebody wrote me like a letter about because i was like slammed and they were on the patio and i'd forgotten about them for and yeah i fucked up and 100 i think i gave them a free round of drinks or something like that somebody left me like a letter about we work really hard and this is like our time and understand i was in a max and irma's in burridge illinois like i <laughs> <laughs> 
working in like a real like this is their big night which right. whatever this is not like, like Alinea where right. you're like I've waited three years for right this. I know we had to wait to get it was like a Tuesday night at like eight nine o'clock but anyway just this whole anyway the, the point is if you leave a note to, for your server that's anything besides thank you for everything then you're a nightmare human yeah um, so so when I, servers are like bad I'm like oh, you're only getting 18 percent. that's exactly oh my god because <laughs> like you're still a human who is, yeah. like this is your job well and i also and, think there's an element of seeing like is this pr- and i've and i've had bad service and i've been very aware of it but there's also a difference between like are you getting bad service versus is this person in the weeds and doesn't have the support they need yeah, you can usually tell yeah for yeah. sure like oh my god this poor person mm-hmm. is working the whole room right now yeah um, but anyway, so that's shitty of those it's people. Terrible. And and this woman was very well spoken about it and just said like to her the most bothersome part was that she had two young there were two young kids at the table and like they saw that kind of bigotry in action and that sucks. Um and I will give yeah. props to Buffalo Wild Wings, which sorry guys, millennials like us I guess are destroying you guys. <laughs> sorry. I feel like I'll know I'm old when people stop railing against my generation. <laughs> Don't you, like I officially made it, but I'm, also I'm sad now. I'm like, oh, nobody hates and me, and now I hate young people. Oh no! <laughs> right. uh, I actually read a sidebar an interesting article about how this like millennials are killing X is a super like weirdly anti-capitalist attitude from a very pro-capitalist generation. So mm, okay. millennials are killing napkins, or they're killing <laughs> Applebee. Have you heard that? You haven't heard that one? No, I've heard Applebee's. I've heard Buffalo Wild Wings. I've not heard napkins. Napkins because we don't buy napkins. We use paper towels. Oh, yeah, I do do that. Yeah, I do, Fold too. Fold half. Like, it's, it's not Perfectly that, acceptable. And it's the same. I mean, just, again, it's God. the same company. Like, they're probably <laughs> selling more paper towels. But it's a super anti-capitalist point of view to be like, oh, millennials are do- destroying this thing instead of saying, like, oh, this product is no more. Like, yeah, oh, just the, Applebee's is kind of garbage food. And this is coming from a person who loves chain restaurants like Chili's, Friday's, <laughs> Max and Irma's. I love them unequivocally. I can't explain why. I think because I, I worked at a Max and Irma's for years. My husband worked mm-hmm. at TGI Friday's. I think it's just her thing. TGI. Oh, yeah. I went to a state school, so I went to Chili's and TGI oh. Friday's. It was like in, in the strip mall. Yeah, yeah. When we were going out to a fancy dinner, we went to Texas Roadhouse. Ooh, yeah. We were fancy. fancy and muncie. Um, anyway, <laughs> but so it's like saying oh millennials are not supporting this instead of saying like oh they have a failing business model and that's how capitalism works yes i think that's super free market free market but all things can so that's all to say um buffalo wild wings corporate actually did a good job with this like usually you can kind of assume they're gonna drop the ball on it but or fire somebody if they post it right to twitter right exactly yeah, they, and they didn't do that. So Buffalo Wild uh, corporate officials have not responded to the incident, but, oh, I guess this isn't corporate. This is her actual supervisor. Um, he, her name is Samantha Heaton. Uh, her supervisor saw the note and immediately asked the lingering question, how can they tell that by looking at a tattoo? Yeah. And I think that's it's an excellent solid point. question. So I guess that was, that was less Buffalo Wild Wings corporate and more a manager with a soul. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, yeah. thank you to that yeah for her so that's God. that what do you got christians are ooh, timestamp. oh yep thank you <laughs> here we go i see why ha, ha, did you see i tweeted out Hammond has like serial killer handwriting yes, when he does that. this yeah. and now i understand why so yeah. we're, oh we're at 46 minutes we've gotten through two topics good job okay. that's 46 20 yep christians are more than twice as likely to blame a person's poverty on lack of effort 
So this was a poll. Yeah, this was a poll done by the Washington Post and Kaiser Family Foundation. Uh The poll asked, which is generally more often to blame if a person is poor? Lack of effort on their own part or difficult circumstances beyond their control? 46% of all Christians said lack of effort generally to blame compared to 29% of all non-Christians. Really? Yeah. That's it gets worse with a racial divide. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Hey, hey Anne, is it white people fucking it up again? <laughs> Let's get there. Fifty-three percent of white evangelical Protestants blame lack of effort, while forty-one percent blame circumstances. Fifty uh, percent of Catholics blame lack of effort. Forty-five percent blame circumstances. Um, just thirty-two percent of Black Christians blame lack of effort, compared to sixty-four percent who blame circumstances. Nice work. Yeah. Um, and then, meanwhile, Do they by two to one, Americans who are atheist, agnostic, or have no particular affiliation said circumstances are t- more to blame, uh, 65% to 31%. All right. Yeah. So there are some, it's actually, it's a great article because it doesn't just, uh, put together the stats. It puts in some reasoning uh-huh. for why this might be, oh, which cool. leads into what you were talking about, about the callousness of uh, many Christians. Um, there's a verse in Thessalonians that says, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it starts... <laughs> Super chill Bible. Yeah. So they have uh, some religious scholars and who talked about this, how there was a, there's been a split in Christianity since the 20th century into basically these two camps. So evangelicals and those who believe revelations is coming. Uh-huh. The end is near. Yeah. Uh, they tend to believe less in helping society again with things also like climate change. Oh. with helping the poor because they're saying like it's all it about to matter. blow up yeah. it doesn't matter so the best thing you can do is save somebody's soul so oh, and if you're poor well that must be your fault post-millennialists the pre-millennialists versus post-millennialists post-millennialists Wait, are millennialists? not so, millennialists yeah I, I, I when i put it in my google doc it a red line immediately <laughs> popped up so <laughs> is that just saying know. evangelical millennialists are uh, apocalyptic okay post-millennialists little little cooler <laughs> so but by refraining from helping the poor this is a uh, a religious uh scholar uh said quote you know in their opinion quote they are being compassionate for not helping the poor right because they're trying to save their soul instead but what? Yeah, it, from their perspective, wait. their compassion comes from. Okay, wait. I need to clarify something. Please come to church. Yeah. So, so when these fall into so the when the earthquakes happened in Haiti, earthquakes happened in Haiti, mm-hmm. they were giving out Bibles instead of food. Right. So that would fall under that category of like, yeah, you're gonna starve to death, but when you die, oh straight up to heaven. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's pretty fucked up, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure I is. I take from Jessica. Sure is. Pretty <laughs> fucked up. Um, yes. So. Like, I just don't. <clears throat> it's, uh, I don't, I don't, I can't. I can't and I don't. Yeah. And I won't. I can't and I won't. It just, I don't understand why, how can a human, pr- 
I guess it's just, I'm sorry, I know this is really compelling audio for me to just fumble around, <laughs> but I guess I, because I've never been a believer, I struggle with this sense of sureness they seem to have. Sureness is not a word. Certainty. Yeah. There would you be, go. Would be what writers would use. Oh, what? Is that you? Is that me? I don't know. Just sat here in the, silence. This sense of, <laughs> the sense of certainty that you're right. Right? This thing yes. that you can't see or really physically understand. And, and this is obviously coming from an atheist and a skeptic who, like, I have a hard time believing something that I cannot have proven to me data thank you but they're so sure that they're not only gambling their own life on it they're willing to gamble other people's lives on it right that this is more important and i can't that level of certainty i find befuddling don't you think they take it literally as gospel yeah yeah which i also uh, small anecdote. So I grew up in Skokie, which is really uh, racially diverse, religiously diverse, wonderful it's like place northern to grow suburbs up. of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, just bordering Chicago. And there's a large uh, Jewish population mm-hmm. since World War II. It's it, fascinating history. Um, but I went to high school with <laughs> this guy. Turn into our new podcast, <laughs> History of Skokie with Ann and Jess. Listen, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, but I went to high school and. This I became friends with this guy. I found out he was evangelical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was like in a Christian rock band, like all of this stuff. And I started looking into evangelicalism, and like as a personal. Yeah, I just was like googling. I was like, this is, this guy's my friend. Like I was raised Catholic, which is just like, like Ugh. you just like go on a Sunday slow march and like, to death. Well, but also, but also though, like I, we were taught like you know care for the poor meek will inherit the earth and all of that because you were raised by nice humans yeah 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 yeah. like my catholic church was like definitely left out revelations like (laughs) didn't talk much about the first testament it was just like jesus was cool blonde hippie (laughs) with blue eyes and he was here to help fucking rocking abs oh my god birkenstock game on point (laughs) but so i looked into evangelical I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> I got a snort out of Jessica. Okay, so I started looking into evangelism and realized that they believe if you have not been saved by Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. Uh-huh. And I asked, I was like, do you believe that? He was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, how come you're not trying to save every one of your friends every second mm-hmm. of the day? Because like, I don't want you to do that. That would be super but aggressive. If, but from your point but, like, of view. A lot of your friends are Jewish. A lot of your friends are Muslim. How come you're not like crying, weeping yourself to yeah. sleep every night, thinking of your best friends burning in hell? Yeah, uh, Pendulat had has a similar take to that. That he was like, I don't blame people for like evangelizing. If you believe in your heart that like, if I don't believe what you believe, I'm going to hell. Then like, of course you should try to change yeah. my mind. Of course you should. And like, if you're not, what the f- like, like that, like, what don't you, you care about yeah. my soul? Yeah, right? My right? eternal soul. Yeah. Your dog's trying to get your attention. Sorry, Tess. Just ignore her. Just <laughs> she's ignore so her. cute, though. Yeah, she's really cute. She's got, like, a tiny head and a big round body. Um, I take offense to that. She's, she's looking at me wagging her tail. She's fit. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she hated anyway. my dog so much. <laughs> she just got sick of her. Jessica's dog is a puppy, yeah. and, and my dog is seven. So she's like, you're fun, but when are you going home? <laughs> Like, I was, are you I was not me? expecting you to be here. This girl is here All after night. dinner. <laughs> it's time to go. Anyway. Okay, so anyway, that is uh that's that study. Cool. Um so I did the case. 
server thing. Oh, okay. So this is something I got. <laughs> Usually Hemant does all this research. Yes. It, I do like, I'm just like, Jessica's reaction hour on the Friendly <laughs> Atheist this week. <laughs> it really, actually, Anne was like, Anne uh, yesterday sent me all these stories. I'm like, should I do this? I'm like, no, no, no. You can't tell me beforehand because like yeah. literally all I do is react. Like that's just sort of what I bring to the table right. is being <laughs> loud. Um, so there, so, uh, and I bring that up to say that I got, Hemant gets a lot of his stuff off of his own blog. Like, yeah. He, and so this is, I cheated and I just went on <laughs> friendlyatheist.com. It's great. like, thanks Hemant for doing the work for That's me. That's okay. I just Googled like religion and 150,000 things came up. <laughs> it's easier than news. you think. Yeah, huh? yeah. I actually usually, if I'm looking for stories, I can just scroll through my own Facebook and like, yeah. I've just kind of acquired this like that makes sense, feed yeah. that just sort of leans into what I'm doing. Um, so uh, there is a, uh, a private Christian school near Nashville, Tennessee called Brentwood Academy. Um, and a family recently filed a claim that their 12-year-old son was orally and anally raped by a group of older boys in addition to other acts of sexual assault. That's um, So the, the parents are suing the school. So <sighs> there's... Horrible. Yeah, it's awful. So there's two sides. <laughs> threw my pen. Swept it. I was just <laughs> mad. So there's two sides of this story. According to the parents and the son, and then the boy who, you know, was was assaulted, um, he told the headmaster, whose name is Curtis G. Masters, which sounds nice. like a villain. Dickens novel. Here we go. <laughs> it is. It's so on the yeah. nose, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um, th- this isn't a funny story. I just need to laugh to That's okay. keep from crying. Um, so, uh, so apparently, allegedly... What the boy told his parents was that um, he told the headmaster, headmaster masters, <laughs> God damn. Oh, go <laughs> this on. This isn't funny, but his name is headmaster masters. It's just, it's a little odd. This isn't funny. Okay. So, um, so he told his headmaster and said, and the boy said the headmaster's response was, quote, everything in God's kingdom happens for a reason <sighs> and that the boy, quote, should turn the other cheek. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. He also said that one of the accused boys did get an in-school suspension. Oh, good. Yeah. So he sat in study hall for eight hours. Yeah. How, is that how long it is now? I don't know. I got suspended once. I just think like in class? It was senior ditch school. day and we... Oh, they really I'm just so like brought out the yardstick for that one. Yeah, I'm such a rebel and I didn't even do anything. I just stayed <laughs> home. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. <laughs> it's okay Jess I know um so so yeah the um so the parents are bringing this lawsuit and according to the headmaster he he said that at no point did he or this is the quote at no point before during the investigation in 2015 did I or anyone on our staff to my knowledge hear any allegation of rape he said in a statement um oh so so he didn't come forward the next day so it can't be true well, I mean, he no, he just said that at no point were the words rape used, which, or, or were allegations of rape. So okay. if if I were to, like, take a wild swing, I would say that the boy didn't have the language to yeah. explain How what happened to him at 12. Oh. Well, he's 12. I don't know if he's 12 now or who's 12 in 2015. I assume he's 12 now. Yeah. Um, so that I made him 10 in 2015, which, oh like, my God, I have a 10, 10-year-old nephew. Like, that's not a thing I would expect that he would have the language to... No, no. ...to communicate, especially to an authority figure who wasn't being especially I'm sure receptive. he was not asking gentle questions. Right, right. Yeah. Um, 
so what the um, what the headmaster said is when we when we heard of inappropriate activity, we immediately and we responded immediately and thoroughly, uh, cooperated fully with the authorities, and took the appropriate disciplinary action based on what we knew. Certain allegations in the lawsuit and uh, and highlighted in the media are not factual, will be disputed, and our defense will be vigorous. Um. <sighs> Yeah, nothing like coming down on the side of uh, rapists. That's good. That, yeah, that's the thing. Why it's is like, that consistent? It's, well, okay, here's what, it, this idea that a young boy would, and it's not unheard of, right? Like, things like this have happened. Yes. But the idea of not giving the benefit of the doubt to a young boy who said he was sexually assaulted is unconscionable, right? Like, absolutely. And, I just right because okay 10 year olds lie about brushing know, their teeth right about brushing their teeth or like no I wasn't the one that broke the window but this is like where you guys Anne grew up in the 1930s <laughs> no I grew up she was playing stickball <laughs> I grew up as one of five kids which meant there was a lot of broken shit all the time <laughs> um no but like like you were saying this kid probably didn't even have the Boy. vocabulary mm-hmm. to talk about this and why would he make this up? And yes, you're exactly right. And and I think on the other, obviously, this kid, w- if, if what he's saying is true, and I'm willing to get, give him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely obviously, we don't have the facts in front of us. But if what he's saying is true, not only does this kid need help, he needs to get into counseling, he needs to deal with what happened to him. But, and I would say just as importantly, if older kids sexually assaulted a younger kid in school then we need to make sure those kids are being like looked into and not know like because they're still surrounded by potential victims exactly and 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 i'm not no like they need to be punished for what they did obviously i think there needs to be punishment but more importantly when you you again to go back to our true crime thing when you hear about mass murderers serial killers things like that you see all these red flags throughout their childhood, right? Like, yes. you know, like the McDonald triad. So the bedwetting, mm-hmm. uh, arson and cruelty to animals. Right. Um, you see all these red flags. In hindsight, it's so easy to be like, oh, well, he did this, that and the other. And like, look at all these warning signs. But when you have something Rape like. Rape at tw- 13, yeah, 14. Even, even I mean, 16, ever, 17. Right. Rape of a, not just rape, but rape, like a gang rape of a young boy. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. And kids who participate in that, we need to make sure they're not going to be repeat offenders Mm -hmm. and be set out in the world. And I don't know. It's just... No, but meanwhile, the response is forgive. Turn the other cheek. And we don't want to ruin these boys' lives. Oh, right. That's what that really kills me. Oh, we don't want to ruin their lives. Like, oh, man. Nobody cares about women's lives. Nobody cares about the victims' lives. children as well. It's amazing to see how children are disregarded constantly. Exactly. And and these things have repercussions that Mm -hmm. echo throughout their entire lives. And it's, it's always really incredible to me that people are so concerned that the that, that and it's it's consistently accused rapists right it's always accused rapists that were ruining yes. your life whereas if somebody like i don't feel like i remember a huge outcry when oj was found and found not guilty which i mean i don't believe he was not guilty but like nobody was like i can't believe they put him through a whole trial it ruined his whole life like, if mm-hmm. you're if you're a thief if you're yes if, if you 
do anything that's not rape if you're if you assault somebody and you're found not guilty nobody's like well you just dragged this man's name right through exactly. the mud and yeah. how can he whatever how could he possibly recover yeah so so it's funny so they recognize that rape is a really horrible offense to be committed but their reaction to that is if you get accused of it wrongly that's it's gonna worse. ruin your life that, right. that's worse which like like fuck off yeah like stop that stop doing that that's awful cut it out it's it's absolutely terrible and it's just you just see it over and over and over again yeah and it's yes it's like why didn't you stop it why didn't you tell people why what were you wearing what were you drinking were you walking alone at night and it's like what are you wearing what were you wearing has become a a cliche Mm -hmm. and yet it just is constant oh my god constant but by the way the serial killers um and mass shooters one of the things that when you look in their background especially Uh for mass shooters is domestic violence oh really yeah it's a history of domestic violence well i know the um one of the first mass shooters oh fuck what was his name um it was in austin texas at the clock tower oh yeah yeah there was do you ever watch you must remember uh, excuse me a crime to remember Mm-mm. Oh, it's an excellent true crime show, and it's about like shows. Are you writing it down? <laughs> <laughs> My computer fell asleep. That's oh. all. Um, crimes that took place largely in the fifties and sixties, and just sort of that had impacts beyond that. So that was that was an incredible episode. Mm, I'll look because, into that because um, the newscaster. So this is the first time something like this is the first time a mass shooting like this happened in a time that there was national news. And the newscaster, I think it was the the Austin newscaster, was reading it and read his own grandson's name as one of the one of the oh victims. Oh my god! Yeah, it is devastating. It's devastating. Um, why did I bring that up? I don't know. Is it just because I talked you about, were talking about shooters, too yeah. much? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh no! But he had a history. He seemed history on the, of... on the surface a very like he was a military man. He did this and that and the other. And like you look. You like just part the kimono a little bit and like oh no 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 he was a monster at home but right but that at that count. time exactly it yeah. doesn't count God and it still doesn't really which I think it's interesting that people think that um, how long have we been going an hour a year and a half oh yeah now oh, we're fine um, I I think it's interesting when people talk about domestic violence versus like oh you got in a bar fight. And it seems to me like people tend to think, oh, you got in a fight in public, and that's... It's some- the public thing, right? It's like, oh, you're out of control. Whereas I think the the fact that you can like be violent against somebody you allegedly love certainly are close to emotionally, right? Like if you live with them, no matter what, you're going to have a connection to them. I think that... So I... Uh, I was watching or I read an article that was like ranking crimes or something like, like ranking like how quote unquote evil something is, which right. I think evil is a really interesting word that I love to talk about because it feels like a, this weird catch all and also kind of an excuse. Like this guy did all these things because he was just evil. Like, okay. Very well, black and white. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's easy to categorize. Yeah. And this, this, whoever did this put Jeffrey Dahmer as like the most evil person like the crimes he committed were the most evil, which I mean, pretty heinous. No, yeah. no, and then not. Listen, yeah, I yeah. am not here to defend Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> and so, if you don't know, uh, if you don't know much about him, he um, lived in Milwaukee. Uh, would go to was was gay. Would go to gay bars, bring men home, and then end up murdering them. But he would he would get blackout drunk to do it, and then he did horrible things with their bodies, stored them. There is horrible. The, oh my god! Like store them in the refrigerator. Oh my god! Like oh my truly god. nightmarish, truly nightmarish. And I'm not here to defend him, but to me, 
like that is that man Jeffrey Dahmer was a deeply mentally ill man and if you see any interviews with him while he was in jail like yeah he's he he was ill and he seemed kind of repulsed by his own behaviors and there the fact that he needed to get blackout drunk before he could do any of this sort of spoke to like his personal shit like he just yeah. needed he was afraid of abandonment and needed a corpse because that wouldn't abandon like that was oh, his sort of thing so it's so horrifying god i'm so sorry you guys um but all of this is to say that to me murdering your spouse is infinitely more horrifying it's so personal it's so personal and and i and obviously like it's not fair to rank murder like that's no that's that's crazy but like but this particular site was like oh jeffrey Dahmer is the epitome of evil and i'm like no i think he's the epitome of like a deeply mentally ill man who did horrible things but to me i find it much more scary that like somebody can kill their own children yes i think that's much more evil if we're gonna use evil it's like a ranking of whatever well it's it's like how long were you hiding this yeah or god these people thoughts? who murdered their kids and then just like hung out in the house for yeah to me that is more it's just d- so disturbing so disturbing yeah. anyway okay. man guys this uh, is not a traditional episode is this me? oh you just uh, went yeah, yes. yeah no, no no i did the the rape thing you know the rape sure. thing she says nonchalantly yeah um wait i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna give up i'm gonna have to really listen to this so this title just wow i I just it was great okay confessions of a former it church pastor we were the hottest church in our area then everything imploded (laughs) 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 that was a roller coaster of a title okay so it's on christianity today is there something uh no it's just it's you can hear it in your cans and not hopefully people can't hear it um so what a title gripped me the whole way through oh, it really was a roller coaster which you don't expect from headlines you really expect a headline to be pretty straightforward right like yeah. this is there the thing is. that happened <laughs> instead of <laughs> everything imploded everything imploded okay I love this. so this is a pastor of an evangelical church he wrote this anonymously <laughs> so brave yeah sorry <laughs> well it's like kind of embarrassing what happened so do, you know, do was, we know where? Uh, where like, is it like a mega church or just it was uh, an attendance is it, of like is it Joel Osteen? F- <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So I'm like really self obsessed, and I'm always like not always like once a month I'll look in the iTunes charts to see like where this podcast is ranking, and usually we're like. 140th and because we're in like the religion and spirituality hey. thing and fucking joel osteen is always snapping up that number one spot oh my god if there's an antichrist it's him um, his face though like I, I don't like to criticize people for how they look but his face gives me the eebie-jeebies well it's yeah that like smile that doesn't reach his eyes that's exactly like, what it is looks straight in the camera that kind of stuff yeah okay so <laughs> this guy it, no location he's really trying to, to stay private Enough. here so they were the it church. They did lots of great things. Attendance was up, you know, thousands of people. And then this couple joins. Uh-oh. And they start basically, they start hosting like Bible study stuff and like group gatherings. Okay. But without the church's approval. But he's <gasps> like, you know what? It's fine. He just didn't ask. It's, it's really not a big deal. More and more people start going to this guy's. 
like subgroup. <laughs> this guy, the subgroup guy, accused the pastor writer of running a cult. Ooh. But this guy, he started a subcult. <laughs> what? I know. I was just, I was delighted the whole way through. I actually, this is a great article. It's on Christianity Today. Um, when he would like, <laughs> so this subcult guy who he named Gordon, not his real name. <laughs> no, there's something just like that. It's not Gordon. I just snorted so loudly. Okay. Quote, he placed question marks around my effectiveness as a pastor, calling us a cult and editing emails I'd sent him to make it appear as if I said things I hadn't. <gasps> the nerve! Uh-huh. He claimed I was being insecure and controlling. Basically, every time, it was actually, it reminded me of our Fuhrer in chief here about, like, <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Oh, like, yeah. every time the pastor was, like, basically everything he said this Gordon's response was that he was being insecure. <gasps> You're so insecure. You're so insecure. Like, I'm not trying to steal people. It's fine. I'm not trying to steal people. So the bigger I subcult following. watch a drama about a mega church if this was what the plots were like. <laughs> I know. I know. Because it's all about, like, who's the most right about Jesus. Right. It's not. Right. A, who's, it's... who's is this? Um, uh, yeah. These people are insecure. I came to dread that phrase in the months that followed. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. So he talked to more people. Those people are insecure. Those people are insecure. Finally, after 13 months of conversation. As if of insecurity converse- is like the worst thing you could right. have in your life. Right. Finally, after 13 months of confrontation, Gordon and his family stopped attending our services. Oh. Only they didn't really leave. <gasps> They were gathering, like, another following. On Facebook, Gordon tagged all the people who attended with him each week. People, like, it was very, like, super petty. Like, he he was starting this. So, <laughs> this is so dumb. Attendance just starts to drop. Because also, my interpretation of this is, like, I would bet that people started showing up and they were like, oh, my God, pastor whatever is, like, becoming paranoid. Like, <gasps> yes. I mean, that's he doesn't really, like, fess up to some of that. He does actually say, like, maybe I was doing things wrong and, like, whatever, and I should have been doing this instead. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, like, if you feel like somebody's stealing all your followers and you're like, he was the like- fuck is Rick? Where's Joanne? They're not here this week. And like, I would bet like, that he all, started like sweating, like all, walking around, like all of a sudden, all his days. sermons are about Judas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the importance of like loyalty. Uh-huh. Yeah. So forty pieces of. Silver. And this is where I'm like, I feel like this guy needs to do some more self-examination. <laughs> Friends began to distance themselves from me and the chaos I was caught up in. Oh no! That hurt. Yeah. They un- people unfriended his wife on Facebook. Like, it, people became oh, irregular poppins. I know. I mean, like, and then he refers to it as an exodus, obviously. Um, and then there were like a new ch- church popped up down the street, oh, and who they became it? the it church. I know. I would bet Gordon, Gordon had something to do with it. <laughs> Classic Gordon, am I right? It's like the Koch brothers of like new church. Ah! <laughs> 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 Putting in place his own religion. So. Yeah, so he starts to lose this, and every there's a new it church. Which again, as a, as a like somebody who was raised Catholic, this is so funny to me. Like well, did, Catholicism did you is just that? like no, never. <laughs> like what it church? Like you went there, you were bored, you like, you know. Well, it was the one closest to you. It's the it was four blocks away. Yeah. So that's where we went, 
And you just kind of stuck there unless something like really weird happened. I mean, even then, I'll just cover that up. But, you know, it's like, oh, my God, evangelicals, they're so different. Like looking for like, like energy and spirit and like whatever. I'm like, oh, when I watch megachurch, it's like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, Catholics like sit yes. there and it, like. You like suffer flip through. through. I used to read along with like the gospels just to give myself something to do to like engage to, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I do that at Catholic weddings though. Right. I'll, so I'll just flip like, through no, the Bible. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's just like it's another way to be like, okay, like I can get through this hour. <laughs> <laughs> so he, this guy, loses his followers. Sure. And started to hear. It was at this low point that I heard the Lord begin a sentence. Yeah. It started with the word change. But I didn't know what came after that. You know what's really good? What? When somebody who is going through some really serious (laughs) issues starts hearing voices. That's that's the beginning of a storybook ending. Reassuring. Um, Change the church. Change me. Change someone's minds. Change jobs. I couldn't figure out. Change what? God trying. Hey, God, be specific. Yeah. Yeah. God. So... Um, they'll be moving there this year. 30 of our members came together to determine the next step of our church to leave and to leave the building, like the leaders of the church. Shit. Yeah. This poor man. I know you can, you feel sorry for him because it really does feel like somebody like came in, usurped his power. I'm sorry. Are we being dive bombed? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it sounds like a plane is flying directly over this two flat <laughs> in Logan Square. Here we are. are. we in Logan Square? The rapture begins. Yes. So he finally. <laughs> the rapture begins with a 747 <laughs> flying a little too close to us. That's, <laughs> that's like what Scientologists believe, so whatever. Um, so he it. finally figures out. Yeah. This, the Lord finished the sentence. Change has happened you have to let me change you and use you to bring change now i want to change something for you i guess losing his power and his his church wait my time yeah he went from one word change change yeah to like a paragraph like change has already happened you missed it and you gotta go (laughs) my time of leadership with the leadership with this church is over changes i should god has opened up something new i could have gone with changes by david bowie Eh, i'm doing my best here i'm sorry go ahead god has opened up something new for me to do next Mm -hmm. and everything that came before prepared me for it and then it ends with this like really sad couple of lines what's he doing next well exactly I don't totally know. I think he's still with his church because like, oh, honey, well, he's like kind of on the outs. Do I want to stay with this church and lead what's next? Sometimes. <laughs> Starting off strong. Do I want to pastor the quote it church down the street? Sometimes. Do I want to be smack dab in the center of God's will? Whatever it is. Always. Uh huh. Once upon a time, the church I pastor was the it church of our area. Now it's not. But the church is still alive and carrying out its mission elsewhere and in a different way. I await my next assignment while living out my faith in the meantime. Oh, buddy. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's getting like a lot of bathrobe time. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, this poor man. I feel bad for him, right? Because it really does feel like somebody just like undercut him. Yeah. Goddamn I, Gordon. Fucking Gordon. Every time Gordon. at all. Um, I, th- I, I think about this a lot because, you know, I'm going through my own shit right now i've lost my job money's tight Mm -hmm. all that stuff and i feel like if on top of that i had the feeling of um 
I'm being pushed through this because I did something wrong or because God is trying to do something. Everything happens. Yeah. It's all God's will. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how I would feel because like right now I feel pretty much like garbage most of the oh, time. God. I know yeah, I mean, feeling. I'm no, it's like terrible. It's fucking hard. Sucks. It's really hard. Um, but I at least can be like, well, I don't know if this is better, but I'm like, I'm not bringing enough to the table or I'm not, my resume or is Or just whatever. like, hey, it's a low point. People have them and like, you know, you're going to come out of it. Right. You're going to get a job. Right. Like, this is not permanent, but also to be like, God, this is God's will. I mean, the, wow. the, the everything happens for a reason thing, God, that has to be fucking hard. Right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does it, because that applies to death. That mm-hmm. applies to illness. It applies to losing a job. I mm-hmm. mean, that's like what a what a cruel creator yeah yeah and it's personally it's like very uh, that's the first thing is, testament yeah i mean that's the thing if, is if you very truly believe that like jesus is like dictating your every move and everything that happens around you is a result of like almost a corporeal person yeah. like pulling the strings for lack for of a better everybody. term everybody and so, like, okay, I've been out of work for however long, and, oh, I didn't have a chance to save up money before I lost my job. And, like, does that mean I did something to deserve that? And Or is it just, like, it's all set out? So, like, why don't people give up? I mean, it's, like, kind of impressive to be, like, like, like well, God. I have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what that is. Jesus, take the wheel. But how right so this poor guy is yeah. like it's okay this is what was supposed to happen and you're like but really i don't know it kind of sounds like human pettiness and bitterness got in the way of mm-hmm. what you were doing which, which may have been decent and then you got probably paranoid mm-hmm. and yeah we probably started talking about judas a lot and I swear this God, that's is what I did. like his friends are leaving it's very like excommunication mm-hmm. but without officially doing it so it just feels like you're like oh my god all my friends are leaving me i'm just still here yeah and literally attached to this building because this is where i have to be uh-huh it's sad find a way to pay the rent too like that's a real thing yeah. you have to have churches of course that's tithing and everything like you have to have a way to prosper mm-hmm. it's a business and whether it's a you know it's a non-profit or a for-profit like joel Osteen, but like this guy's screwed <laughs> And I hope, you know, like, like, oh, you know, you're like, I hope he's fine. But like he, it's a really earnest post and you do feel bad for him. But it's also like, wow, just like reading this the whole way through. Because it's like, like gossipy too. Yeah. I mean, I think like I've never been a particular fucking Gordon (laughs) religious person. But I feel like the gossip in in like churches has Mm -hmm. to be outstanding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because sins are like, they're sins. sins. It's not just like they're divorcing it's like they failed god above her yeah, she's right. a sinner. yeah um so that's that one okay i've got uh one and a half more okay we're at an hour 21 so it depends. we'll see how much we we cut out because right now we're at an hour 21 of talking we'll see how much i go back in and like please go for it uh, i probably won't i don't know how to do it um <laughs> It did take Jessica 40 minutes to set up. Okay. And I sat on the couch just like watching her get deeper and deeper into stress. I was, I was like, why are you stressing so out? Hard. It's just like an afternoon. This is Well, because all this recording equipment is, is Hammond's. And usually yeah. he has like a, a computer a laptop that he sends to me. And it's GarageBand. And it's just like, it's almost like a blank formatted thing. of Like, here's all of the audio settings. Here's, because we've got, I mean, it's. He's like busy having a child. So, oh my you know. God. I texted him. <laughs> yeah, Jessica texted him. I felt like shit How about it. it. 
Okay, no, you can I, cut this out. It's fine. No, it's fine. They need to know how bad a person I am. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Godless sinner. <laughs> okay. So, so there is a thing. Good start. Let's uh, start. Called the California Healthy Youth Act. Have you heard of this? No. So it went to act, uh, excuse me, went to effect last year, so 2016, and made it mandatory for public junior high or middle schools in California to teach students, quote, comprehensive, accurate, and unbiased sex education. That sounds good. That also includes lessons on the effectiveness and safety of birth control, the fact that abortion is a legal option for those who want it, and that there are non-traditional sexual orientations. Nice. Right. That sounds, that sounds good. California. Is that in, where the story ends? Yep. That's the end that's of the story. It. California. Hey, thank you for talk. tuning in to the Friendly Atheist <laughs> Podcast. Um, so there is a gentleman. Okay. As there always is. He's the president of the school board of the Fresno Unified School or something. I didn't write down the full <laughs> name of the school. I'm it's fine. Not good at this. Um, what was that? I think my sister's coming home. Oh, um, that's by the way the gate outside and like at least twenty feet behind the back door. It's this very strange. It but definitely is serial killer esque. Yeah. Okay, so um, so he his name is Brooke Ash Jian A S H J I A N Ash Jian uh, so he, his kids opt out of uh, sex education. So it's an opt out thing, which okay. I still think is fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, so guess what, Anne? He's super reasonable and said nothing offensive. So thank you for joining us for the Friendly Atheist <laughs> Podcast. I guess he's opposed to it. My biggest fear in teaching this, which we're going to do because it's the law. So this is general mm-hmm. sex ed. But you have kids who are extremely moldable at this stage in junior high. And if you start telling them that LGBT is okay and that it's a way of life, well, maybe you just swayed the kid to go that way. Ugh. It's yep, so, sexuality is a choice. That it's argument. so important for parents to teach these Judeo-Christian philosophies. Is it? <laughs> are you sure? Which... I think that's a thing I see time and time again that I'm kind of baffled by is this sort of idea of if your kid or a human is aware of a thing, then it's going like that you have to keep somebody in like a vacuum to make sure they're not right tarnished by the outside world. And I think that's really interesting because I would think if I were a believer of any. Oh, okay. So, so as an atheist, um, uh, if I had kids, I would never be like, you can't hear about Christianity or you can't right. hear about like something horrible. Like you can't hear about the Holocaust because that may give you the idea. I'm right. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, I, and so I, that's the thing I don't necessarily understand of if the foundations that you set up for your kid are as strong as you are pretending that they are. Mm hmm why isn't that enough? And they can go out in the world and be like, oh, I see that abortion is a thing and I'm choosing not. Or I see that homosexuality is a thing and I'm making my choice. Don't yeah, you think that seems uh, yes. like counterintuitive to what their whole yes. thing is? And also just strong parenting. I mean, like, what are you going to, you're going to send a child into the world just being like, there's no such thing as gay people. Right. Like you still have to interact with the world in some regard, right? Yes. So anyway, that guy's really chill. Um, he also, <laughs> is he uh, suing? No, not yet. He just has opinions that he needs to share with the world. Of course. Um, hey, and guess what? He also has thoughts on abortion. Oh, okay. all right. 
So you tell me when you hit peak rage, okay? Yeah. Can you just give me like a gauge? Yeah. All right. I'll give you a, a hand signal. <laughs> yeah, this is great for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> go on, go on. God damn it. <laughs> that was self-induced, too. <laughs> So much a narcissist I am. I can make myself snort. Okay. There's certainly a lot of psychological effects that come from abortion that people need to be aware of. Relief, joy, etc. <laughs> Your life is a lot easier by not doing it. Okay. Yeah. That child will tell you that every day. Look at these poor girls who get raped and have to have an abortion. If that's the way they've got to go, God bless them. But think of all the repercussions that come later in life, mental and psychological. Yep, that's peak rage. Yeah, is it? There it is. Did I find it? Oh, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want some wine? Yeah, the, <laughs> right? I'd prefer a shot. Um, that's the real tragedy. Uh-huh. That survivors of rape have to abort a fetus. Oh, my that's God. That's really, that's yeah, the that's, that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. It's just so nonsensical and shows a total misunderstanding of first of all how common rape is Mm -hmm. and the effects of rape not the uh, effects of an abortion abortion. Mm -hmm. yeah um mm -hmm. i think that's uh i think that's a fair thing to say i also do want to point out that he says that the repercussions are both mental and psychological yeah, I think the yes, that's very also, true the, of a rape, not but of also abortion. Those, those two different things, your mental and psycho- psychological health, two very different things. Thank yeah, you for, for distinction. Thank distinguishing you. Distinguishing between you. those two things. Well, it's very scientific. So he's a monster, I guess. It's <sighs> you know what, Anne. You know what the problem is with the world. I haven't heard enough dudes opinions on abortion. yeah i just feel like they're like the silent yeah. majority of guys right in friendly atheist right. podcast at gmail yeah. i want to hear <laughs> tell me opinion. tell me your thoughts on abortion i yes these these guys oh that's that's the dog sprinting to my sister <laughs> and sister's home um yeah i yeah i i it's like every time i see one of these things i just am struck like Mm -hmm. how do you think this well and the interesting thing is are you not also looking at any statistics of like and it's what is it of the devil and you know that (laughs) the overwhelming majority of women who have had abortions are total do not regret that their decision and the overwhelming majority are christian are they well it's the like country's like 80 percent. well i mean so yeah it definitely lines up with yeah well, i mean well, it lines just up like with because you're a woman and you're like i can't I, i'm not gonna do this well have you First heard of all, a lot of times it's i can't and other times it's just like i don't fucking want to well abortion on demand one of my one of my favorite um expression uh, expressions is the only moral abortion is my abortion yeah <laughs> yeah because you hear st- i mean okay i have a first-hand account so i've i've never had an abortion but i have been three different people's like point person when they thought they were pregnant i don't know why oh yeah no well because it happens a lot well yeah um but this one particular time i was at work and she came up to me and she was like i missed my period this is what happened and literally we so i walked her to to um like a pharmacy nearby to get a, a pregnancy test and uh, literally on the way she was like 
oh, like, I don't really, I'm, I'm pro-life. I don't really believe in abortions, blah, 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 blah. She also told me that their birth control method was that she peed after sex. So, what? and that was my moment. Cause oh, my if, God. You know, like, I know, I'm sure you've dealt with pregnancy scares, but it's always like, it's fine. Don't worry. Your period's just late or whatever. Yeah, you should definitely reassure the person. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, you're super pregnant. Like, oh, you're that, for sure not. You're up. definitely yeah, you pregnant. you did it. You did but, it. But she found out, got the pregnancy test. It was positive. We took it at a Starbucks bathroom. Oh, yeah. As all the classy people do. And literally just walked her right to the nearest Planned Parenthood and made an appointment for her. Like, And so it was... That's great, though. Within within a 15-minute scope, she went from being like, only irresponsible people get pregnant mm-hmm. to... I'm one of them, yeah. and I don't want this. Yeah. and But that's what's so great about being pro-choice. It's yeah. just you have the choice to do it. And if she had said... No, I'm I'm really I'm pro life and I'm I'm gonna do it no matter mm-hmm. what. Then you would have said okay. Yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Well, and when she was telling me later, like I couldn't go into the room with her. I, I was sitting in the waiting room with all like the nervous eighteen year old boys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she said that when she was talking to the nurse, and you know they confirmed that she was pregnant, and she said, you know, is this what you want to do? And uh, oh my god, I almost said her name. And Ooh. she started, and she uh, she started crying and the nurse was very much like are you sure this is what you want to be doing because she didn't want to be responsible for absolutely so so to pretend that like a planned parenthood is like this abortion factory no it's it's a thing that they take seriously and i don't know like i i've i've talked about my own sexual assault on this on this show and the this show this is so dumb it's a podcast it's dumb um and I think this sort of callousness that so many men have about about what the effects of sexual assault are and to pretend that abortion is somehow worse than being raped is it's it's so infuriating. Yes. It's so infuriating. Well, because it also assumes that they know better than you. And that's what it all comes down to, right? Of when we make legislation against like that's pro-life that's anti-choice what it's saying is we don't believe you can make the right decision for you so we need to put (laughs) we need to put laws or at or at the very least these like barriers in place so at every fucking turn you had to be like are you sure yeah, look at here's here's the cluster of cells are you still sure like mm-hmm. yeah you've just been raped but we're gonna go ahead and shove a wand up your vagina mm-hmm. like are you sure are you still sure i i just it's this weird thing of like do you care about people or do you not if you say you're pro-life and you sincerely care about children and women then you would be working with a woman to get the help that she needs yes and, like, obviously, this is worst case scenario. Where's the childcare? Where's that's birth control? That's exactly what I'm always yeah. saying. I, I don't understand how you can be pro life and anti, like, pu- that's why I think Christian Republicans are garbage humans. Because you cannot pretend to be pro life. Uh-huh. But if somebody has a baby, be like, it's your responsibility to, like, provide for it and work full time and, and, and. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's just garbage. It's yes, a garbage it opinion to have. Mm-hmm. So. So hold on a second. So this reminded me of this Onion article from forever ago that I revisit sometimes. Uh-huh. And it's like point, counterpoint. 
U.S. needs to get out of my uterus versus we must deploy troops to Jessica London's uterus immediately. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's, you know, like a fake one, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. essay about that. And then a general. <laughs> general William Patterson, U.S. Army. We must send troops immediately. Like, yeah. It's, that is It's just like, get the fuck out. Get yeah, out of here. Just, just let me make my decisions for me. Sounds um, good. Well, and that's because all the arguments I hear that are that are uh, anti-choice are, oh, the fetus is a human and deserves all the 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 rights therein. Mm-hmm. But I get, I don't understand why you're so worried about the the life of a quote-unquote baby, which it's a fetus. It's a fetus. Mm-hmm. Most abortions are in non-viable fetuses. All of that stuff. Um, but as soon as like there's humans who are saying I'm sick, I'm dying, I don't have health care, I can't afford a house, I can't afford. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. well, why'd you move to Detroit if you didn't want like blood right. in your water? That seems right. like oh, you're right, bad. right. I, I, I that's the it's thing I can a, never reconcile. I will never be able to reconcile that. I don't it's think dark hypocrisy. It really is. But they must have an internal justification of it, right? I, I don't know. They, I mean, they must. Right, there must be... You know what? I should, I should look that up. Like, what is the argument? Because it eludes me completely. No, it does. And I think a problem is based in the Bible. If you're going to, like, base your moral fibers in the Bible, there's so much in it that you can pluck any... Like we talked about earlier, that, right. like, there is a... There is if you don't sermon work, on, you don't deserve to eat. Right. But, then but there's, there's like, a Sermon on the Mount of... Which of, is a much larger speech. Right. That's one verse versus a long speech one versus exactly (laughs) versus the son of god yeah talking like in a very you know yeah significant speech like which one are you weighing whichever one you want to use that day basically oh hemant was napping he's up now let me know so i assume that everything everything is okay (laughs) congrats hemant little baby tanner he won't. That's made up. She doesn't know. I just want to name him Tanner. It's fine. <laughs> like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so I have one more. So this is my... <laughs> I'm so excited for this. This is my... Uh, do you have any, any other... No, no. Okay. No. I have a prompt. Okay. And literally what I wrote is, do we want to talk about pro-life Democrats? God. Do we? I don't know. I don't even know. I feel like we've said what we need to say vis-a-vis. We just cut this part out. I mean, it's fine. fine. Because it's just like, oh my God. No, and and I I think it's interesting when we talk about like the litmus test of should we support Mm -hmm. pro-life Democrats. Do you listen to Pod Save America? I don't. Should I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say so. Yeah, they're... uh, guys from the Obama administration they started Crooked Media and so there are lots of other podcasts uh, associated with them but just this morning I listened to a podcast about that and they had the I don't want to say the head of maybe it was of NARAL the Abortion Rights mm-hmm. uh, Action League uh, possibly um, but she was talking about this so I, I actually recommend go listen to that because she knows what she's talking about but it was kind of Can a lot of waffling up? it was like we shouldn't really pay attention to them like this litmus test and actually the 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 host john favreau was pushing back and saying like not the director why not the director (laughs) but he was they were pushing back and saying like but yeah you know the litmus test now has become like 
why are you singling out abortion? Like, why aren't we making this about gun rights? Why aren't we making this about the litmus test is single payer? So like, of mm-hmm. course, of course it's abortion, though. Of course it is. Yeah, that's... And, and well, I've that's talked about this on, the, comes on the, the show before. The fact that, like, homosexuality and abortion are, like, the two tent poles, mm-hmm. it seems, of many, many religious conservative people. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I cannot understand why those are the hills that they're willing to die on. Morality. My, yeah, but, but, but no, that's fucking garbage. Like... A moral person would say, "Hey, there are starving people, and we should start, we should make sure they can eat." I prefer that. I believe in that. Yes. Yeah. So when we talk about morality, nobody should be starving in the wealthiest country on earth. That. Oh my God. That's. I remember the first political. Absurd. The first time I like got drunk and yelled at my dad about <laughs> politics, which now uh, happens. It's really oh, a coming t- of age story. <laughs> I remember getting <laughs> drunk and yelling at my dad. Are we a country? And I was, God, maybe 19. Yeah, that's about the age, yeah. Yep. Are we going to be... One year into college. (laughs) So I know shit now. Are we going to be a country that cares for the the least fortunate among us, or aren't we? I guess not. Which I feel like I probably cribbed that off something that Colbert said regarding Christianity. But I yelled it really impassionately. On my 19-year-old wine drunk. I didn't oh, yeah. dr- Guys, don't drink underage. No, it's fine. It's bad. That actually, uh, there was a Huffington Post piece a couple months ago uh, that was titled something along the lines of like, I don't know how to tell you that you should care about other people. That got it was a, a lot. Of, yeah, got a yeah, lot of traction. I definitely shared that. That was, that was great. And it summed up. I was like, this is how I feel. It really right? like, is. How am I supposed to tell you that like... You should care for poor children. Yeah, I mean, Homeless I... children. People yeah. who are starving in this country. People who are dying, bankrupting well, themselves I, because they just... They got sick. Yeah. How am I supposed to tell you that you're supposed to care? I Shortly after uh, the election happened... I, so for like two months after the election, my form of self-care tended to be me arguing with strangers on the internet. Which I... <laughs> which A, my therapist did not approve of. <laughs> Shocking. I know. But it was just this. And so for me, it was less about like trying to make this person right. And it was more, or um, change this person's mind, I mean. And more about like sincerely, like, how can you be a human in the world and think this? So my favorite one, I think, I feel like I'm going to drag you into this in some And you very frequently <laughs> come to my like, rescue. Yes, but also I, I like pick and choose. I'm like, uh, you're like, <laughs> But like somebody needs to stand up to this guy. I was like, I agree. You're like, well, you could do it. I'm like, I can't. Jess. It's like 10:30 at night, and I just like am not up for it. I'm like, I'm in my sixth episode of Game of Thrones. Again. Come, come, wait in. Come rescue me on Twitter. Like, you gotta call on somebody else. I'm the worst friend. No, it's great because also I can say no, and you're like, fine, that's fine. Fine, I'll talk. Don't to worry you. about it. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, it's fine. God. I'm such a nightmare to be friends with. Okay, no, so um, not at all. uh, oh, but one of the ones I got into was it was talking about illegal immigration, um, and all this garbage. And so I'm arguing with this. It's like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Like it was yeah, right, right. It was right. like somehow on my feed, but <laughs> the worst. And so this guy was basically saying things like illegals or whatever. <sighs> And I said something to the effect, and background is my my uh, my older brother is a uh, a teacher on the south side, southwest end of Chicago, and he has multiple undocumented students in his class. Mm-hmm. One of whom I 
she's been in his homeroom for four years now. I think she's a senior and she is just the best, just wonderful and charming and bright and just a a fucking joy. I I cannot say enough nice things about this, this girl. She's an undocumented student. And I said to this guy at one point, basically, can do you want to walk into my brother's classroom and say to these eight kids, because your parents made a decision, you have to, and you were either born here or came here at a very young age, mm-hmm. you have to go back to a place that you've never had a home in, that you don't know the cult. That's not, it's not like sending them back. It's sending them away. It's Yes. And he, A, was like, a hundred percent, I would. Oh my god! And and, the, like, and the, I would love it. And the funny What's thing the is, address? the way I wrote it, he thought I meant that my brother was an undocumented <laughs> student, so he kept threatening to like send what? my brother, quote unquote. He's home. gonna call ICE on your brother. I by the way, has what? I don't know. I'm third, wow. I'm that's... third generation American. I think. I think my most recent immigrants were my my grand my grandparents. My mother's parents were both born in Italy and came here at like age of two right so i don't have another but it was just and it was funny and it was also scary like it was funny because like he got it so so wrong but it was scary (laughs) because like he was willing to just like fucking throw the towel in for anybody who and it it just children like these are children and they're children but that's the same argument for uh poverty which is that your parents did this and you're like yeah but i was just born into it well like well your parents shouldn't have made those choices i mean again this is i feel like a thing i've probably talked about before but those things those like you shouldn't have had kids if you weren't ready Mm -hmm. you if well you keep but you keep backing up the argument like okay you shouldn't have had a kid if you couldn't afford it okay well i got pregnant but I couldn't have an abortion. Right. You're well, not giving me well, any you options. Well, you shouldn't have gotten pregnant. Well, well, you shouldn't have had sex. Like, really? Well, no, I mean, you should have used birth control. Well, you don't give me access to birth control. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you don't. You shouldn't have had sex. Okay, well, I'm, you know, in my 20s in a mon- monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Explain. Like, it, it comes down to don't have sex. That's really what it comes down to, which I find fucking befuddling. Well, it's completely hypocritical again. So hypocritical. It's just right there every time staring you in the face. Yeah. Hypocrisy. Every time. It's the worst. Okay. I think we need to wrap this up. Okay. Where's my phone? It's been uh, four and a half hours. Oh, my God. Hammond just sent me his picture. Oh, of a baby. Oh, he's so cute. Oh. Okay, I don't. He didn't give me his name. It's probably not Tanner. Jessica, though. just tweet it out without his. No, approval. definitely. That's kind of my favorite. <laughs> okay, so it seems. I can say now it seems like everybody's happy and healthy. I oh, haven't good. heard anything bad. Uh, congrats to to Hammett and his wife. Congratulations. This is baby number two. They've nine. I mean, I haven't seen this kid's name, but I assume it's not named after me. So that's two <laughs> out of two not <laughs> named after me. Which I, frankly, what's a girl got to do? <laughs> Anyway, congrats, Hammett. Um, congrats. And thank you so much for uh, joining me. This is Thank so- you, Jessica. I was super pumped because I knew this is going to be, how long are we now? A million hours? An hour 45. Okay. That's longer than usual. It sure is. Yeah. But I have so much fun talking to you. It's great. Always. We always talk about starting our own podcast, but it would literally just be like, we would have to we would have to zone in on something. <laughs> it would just be us yelling for two hours a week. <laughs> Who wants that? Is there a large audience for that? Um, 
so guys thank you so much for for tuning in and thank you for for subbing in for hammond my um, pleasure guys if you like what you're listening to you can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast it means the world to us well i i can't i cannot say how much it means to me that human people give money toward this thing that i'm doing it it's it's flattering beyond belief um you can visit my etsy page uh it's uh, bitches get stitched done. I actually have some vintage stuff that my my mother in law is trying to sell. If you're into teapots with cats on them, <laughs> then guess what? I have a set for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain why. Perfect. She literally called me. She's like, "Do you want to sell my stuff?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I don't have anything else to do." It's fine. Um, you can follow me at uh, on Twitter at blueberry b l u e b u r i e uh, and. Mine is at Anne Bolano, A-N-N-E-B-O-U-L-E-A-N-U. Can also, ch- Paul, should I change my name? Goodbye. I was just about to oh. say, and how long have we known each other? Four years? Five yeah, years? Yeah, yeah. I've never said your last name out loud because I don't trust myself to say it correctly. Uh, you're not alone. Bolano, I once, right? Yeah, I once dated somebody for like six months. I was like, do you know yet? He was like, uh, <laughs> why don't you say it out loud first? Like, all right. <laughs> I'll mimic it. It's like, like I want to say like this is over, but like you're one of a, a large club, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, that sounded different. I mean, of people who don't know how to pronounce my name, <laughs> um, you can email us at friendlyantheistpodcast uh, at gmail dot com. Um, I love to hear you guys' feedback. If you want to complain about my voice, that's fine. I need something to be mad about. <laughs> Sometimes I feel dead inside, and I need the to world is not enough to be mad at. <laughs> Um, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, this is a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Sorry, we talked about serial killers so much. It's fine, it's, right? Maybe it's fine. Um, thank you guys. We'll see you next week.